to the time in the season when family and friends gather near to offer a prayer of thanksgiving for blessings we've known through the years to join hands and thank the creator now when thanksgiving is due and this year when i count my blessings i'm thanking the lord he made you this year when i count my blessings i'm thanking the lord he made you i'm grateful for the laughter of children the sun and the wind and the rain the color of blue in your sweet eyes the sight of a highball and train the moon rise over a prairie an old love that you've made new and this year when i count my blessings Thanking the Lord he made you This year when I count my blessings I'm thanking the Lord he made you And when the time comes to be going It won't be in sorrow and tears kiss you goodbye and I'll go on the way grateful for all of the years I thank for all that you gave me for teaching me what love can do and thanksgiving day for the rest of my life I'm thanking the Lord he made you Thanksgiving day for the rest of my life I'm thanking the Lord he made you The incomparable Johnny Cash right there to uh help us start our Thanksgiving day special it's Thursday the 23 of November the year of our Lord 2023 uh we are here for the next 2 hours with one of the uh uh, I think the greats, a lot of people agree with me, uh, not just an activist, um, a voice of reason out there in all the fights we've got today, but one of the great, uh, the great historians of our time, uh, Larry Swikert, the uh, co-author of The Patriots History of the United States, I think by far the biggest selling history book of, of modern times, particularly on uh, people who love this country, uh, the center and the center right. It was a phenomenon um, over a decade ago, or I guess a couple of decades ago, almost now. And um, a, a lot more that Larry's got in the hopper, a lot more writings as he's taken on some new topics from the uh, Patriots perspective. He joins us, Larry, uh, first off, a happy Thanksgiving uh, to you and uh, all your family uh, and uh, really honored to have you on here. Thank you. It's, it's always a wonderful day here on Thanksgiving in America. Larry, uh, and by the way, so Larry's kind of become an institution of the war. I think the second or third year in a row we've done the Thanksgiving special with Larry like we do the combat 
history of Christmas with Patrick A. O'Donnell becomes something that's a perennial and the audience just loves. I want to start this year. I want to talk about, um, particularly in the times that we're in and the trying times we're in, I want to talk about President Lincoln and um, and particularly President Lincoln and Thanksgiving. Uh, he was central, you know, obviously the pilgrims and the settlers in Virginia uh, were obviously initiated that. I know you got a lot to say to that. But walk me through uh, walk me through President Lincoln and his his involvement in this day of national day of thanks. The most amazing thing about Lincoln, who issued the Thanksgiving proclamation that then became an annual uh, national holiday on October 20th, 1864. So note that date. We were still in the middle of the Civil War. It looked like things had changed. It looked like the end was in sight. But there was still a lot of fighting to be done. And um, so I just thought I would read this. It's short, but I want your audience to listen for certain words and then listen to what he doesn't talk about. So Lincoln said, it has pleased almighty God to prolong our national life another year, defending us with his guardian care against unfriendly designs from abroad and vouchsafing to us in his mercy many and signal victories over the enemy who is of our own household. It has also pleased our heavenly father to favor us as well as our citizens in their homes as our soldiers in their camps and our sailors on the rivers and seas with unusual health. He has largely augmented our free population by emancipation and by immigration, while he has opened to us new sources of wealth and has crowned the labor of our working men in every department and industry with abundant rewards and, uh, let's see, moreover, he has been pleased to animate and inspire our minds and our heights with fortitude, courage, and resolution sufficient to the great trial of civil war into which we have been brought by our adherence as a nation to the cause of freedom and humanity and to afford to us reasonable hopes of an ultimate and happy deliverance from all of our dangers and afflictions. So he then says, now therefore I, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States, hereby appoint and set apart the last Thanksgiving in November next as a day which I desire to be observed by all fellow citizens, wherever they may be, as a day of thanksgiving and praise to Almighty God, the beneficent creator and ruler of the universe, and I do further recommend to my fellow citizens aforesaid that on the occasion they do reverently humble themselves in the dust and from thence offer up penitent and fervent prayers and supplications to the great disposer of events for a return of the inestimable blessings of peace, union, and harmony throughout the land, which is now pleased I pleased him to assign me a dwelling place for ourselves and for our posterity throughout all generations. Now, what you notice in that is that Lincoln uses the term God, the Almighty. He, words like that, almost 20 times, and he makes reference to the Civil War 
once. Let me go. I just want to make sure technically we got it. You said last Thanksgiving. Just if you go back to the proclamation, he said the last Thursday in November. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Fine. You just. I just want to make sure. Last Thursday. So he's the first to select. He put this out on the twentieth of October, eighteen sixty-four. Correct. He said it would be uh, commemorated uh, essentially a month later in in uh, the last Thursday in November. Um, Let's I want to go to Lincoln for a second, because a lot of people say, you know, Jefferson and the founding and the founding fathers were not uh, the founding fathers were not um, uh, religious or they were deist uh, that Lincoln uh, was really not a Christian. Uh, He didn't really attend church on a regular basis. His connection with divine providence, with with God and right there 20 times. And he talks about the Civil War once. I mean, I think he alludes to the conflict a couple of times, but talks directly about the Civil War once. Does this put to a lie that uh, Lincoln was not deeply religious and, and deeply in the tradition of the Judeo-Christian West? In fact, the, the th- first Thanksgiving was not set aside as a feast or the first official. It was set aside as a day of national thanks uh, to God Almighty. Right. Lincoln's religion and his Christianity has been uh, a subject that historians have argued over. One of his best biographers is Stephen Oates, O-A-T-E-S. And I think Oates deals with this pretty fairly. Uh, Lincoln, in his early years, was not only a religious, he was anti-Christian. And he wrote some uh, fairly hot diatribes against Christianity. But then he started this lifelong transition to being a practicing Christian. Now, he later said, uh, he told a Baptist preacher uh, in late 1863, uh, I think, could have been early 64, I think it was late 1863, a Baptist preacher visited him. And Lincoln said specifically, when the war broke, when I lost my son, I was not a Christian. When the war broke out, I was not a Christian. Um, But he says, after I saw what happened at Gettysburg, he says, I am a Christian and I believe in Jesus Christ. I mean, he used very specific words. Now, historians, some of them say, well, that's a story of one guy who was there. Well, you go with what you got. We don't have any evidence to the contrary after that, that he ever in any way renounced that or or claimed it didn't happen or And you can see by his language here that this is a man totally consumed with what God is thinking, how God is dealing with America, and how God is dealing with him personally. So um, it's also quite a myth that all of the founders weren't religious. The only one who even remotely was a deist or a non-believer was Jefferson. Franklin was not a deist. He believed in an interventionist God. He's the one who tells the Continental Congress when they were stuck on an issue, let's stop and have uh, prayer. Let's all pray to the Almighty. That's not somebody who's a deist. Washington was a devout Christian and prayed to Jesus or prayed to God in Jesus' name every month when he took his vestryman um, oaths. So it's just kind of a piece of nonsense that developed from these anti-Christian historians that the founders were not Christians. And Lincoln, I think, I believe he was a devout Christian. 
I want to get back into Gettysburg and the timing of this proclamation. So just for the audience, on, on 20 October of 1864, President Lincoln put out this proclamation and deemed that basically a month later, uh, the the fourth Thursday in November would be a national day of, of Thanksgiving uh, to God. I want to go to this concept of interventionist God and interventionist God, because the deists really think one of the fundamental tenets of, of, of the deists is that God is the director of these forces, of these massive forces in the universe and, 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 and on earth, but that there's no active participation in the life of, of, of humans. Of course, Christians believe that the, the starting point of, of really man's uh, salvation begins uh, on, on Calvary and on uh, Golgotha with uh, the death, uh, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When someone like Lincoln, who invoked divine providence all the time, did Lincoln believe in an interventionist God? Did, did, when he was making these proclamations and other things around Gettysburg and these others around the Emancipation Proclamation, the magnificence of the second inaugural uh, uh, address, which we hadn't heard yet, was still five or six months off. Uh, is he a believer in an interventionist God that actually God Almighty takes a direct interest in, in, in human affairs? Yes, absolutely. But here's the thing. Lincoln said, we want God on our side, but we absolutely need to be on God's side. And uh, he would later say, we don't know whose side God is on in this conflict because there had been such outrageously high deaths and casualties. Um, and but but it was clear that Lincoln believed God had a plan in working that out. And you can see now where two years after he said those words, he now is pretty much saying, yes, we believe God has intervened on our side. Uh, Paul Johnson, the, the great British historian, pointed out that Woodrow Wilson, future president, prayed for the Confederacy and Teddy Roosevelt prayed for the Union. So each side wanted God on their side. Uh, but yeah. uh, Lincoln was bright enough to know that you, you don't get to pick and choose how God intervenes, but he does intervene. Uh, Larry, hang on one second. We're going to go out with Johnny Cash. We're going to be back uh, with our Thanksgiving Day special. Larry Swiker in a moment. I'm thanking the Lord he made you. I'm grateful. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do. With more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% 
on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Welcome back to our Thanksgiving Day special. It's Thursday, 23 November in the year of 2023. You know, we call Hank Williams the hillbilly Shakespeare, but I think Johnny Cash, what is the hillbilly Marlowe? Pretty close. Just magnificent. Thanksgiving Day. We're going to play that music in and out of today. Really want to thank uh, the team in Denver that's always here to help us with these specials. Of course, our crack team, production team of the Warman, are always honored to have Larry Swikert on. I want to stick with, with Lincoln, and here's why we're starting this year a little differently. Instead of going back to the first Thanksgiving of when it was, um, of when really the official Thanksgiving Day started, because it was a time of trial, and I mean intense trial. If you go back to October, and we'll go back to Gettysburg in a second, but if you look at 20 October 1864 when the proclamation came out, we were, um, there was something between that date, Larry, and the official first Thanksgiving, and that was called the election of 1864. And I know we talk about elections, every election is the most important election in American history right now, and the one that we're facing next year. But the election of 1864 was at that time, and I think all the way up to the current day, maybe 16, maybe 24, as was the most important election in the history of the country because it was going to decide the history of the country. President Lincoln, as you remember, Larry, was so concerned about the direction of the country, and particularly the political direction. He didn't really run as a Republican at the same time. They ran on a national unity, t- I think the Union Party that he got rid of his vice president, uh, Hannibal Hamlin, from Maine and replaced him really with a, a Democrat from eastern Tennessee, who I think was the only still one of the few senators in the South, and that was Andrew Johnson, as a unity ticket. The reason he needed a unity ticket, uh, President Lincoln was running, which a lot of people don't realize, he was running against his field commander of the first years of the Civil War, and that was McClellan. And McClellan's basically pitch essentially was we got to make a deal with the South. We have to make a deal, and they either go in peace or we'll figure something out, but there's been too much bloodshed. We're not going to win this. Um, of course, Atlanta fell on 1 September. But in August, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't President Lincoln draft this incredibly controversial memo that even uh, Seward and others that are very close to him on the team of rivals cabinet said, whoa, because <laughs> Essentially, the memo said to the to the to the cabinet that, hey, uh, we're in a great conflict. We've gone all in on this. The nation's all in on this. But as it looks now, because Atlanta had not fallen, as it looks now, we could very well lose this election. Hmm. But didn't he say words to affect something that uh, if we lose, then uh, we, this cabinet, somehow have to bring this war to a successful conclusion. And it left open whether there would be a transfer of government in March of 1865, which would have been the date. Is, 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 is that the context in which Lincoln wrote this proclamation uh, to set up the, the, the first Thanksgiving? Well, let's go back through this a little bit. In um, July 1863, the war had been going very badly for the Union. 
they had won really in the East. Now, they'd had many victories in the West, but for some reason, the West didn't count because it wasn't Lee's Army of Northern Virginia. It wasn't in the eyes of all of the Eastern newspaper men. And so you needed a, war, a victory in the war in the East to uh, solidify things. And they really didn't get one until um, Antietam, which was, it was a draw, but because Lee withdrew, uh, historians generally ascribe that as a victory for the North. But, but then you had all sorts of, of other defeats and some horrible things like um, Fredericksburg. And so the war was still going very, very badly for the North until Gettysburg. And in a four-day period, uh, the Union won the Battle of Gettysburg and the very, very long ongoing siege of Vicksburg by uh, Ulysses Grant finally came to an end and Vicksburg surrendered uh, all within a four-day period. And you would have thought, okay, war is over. Well, it, it wasn't. And by mid-1864, it was dragging on. And while the Union had had other victories, it hadn't yet gotten that knockout victory uh, that, that well, they well, needed. Well, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Even, 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 I don't want the audience to understand this about the tragedy of the country. The, the Overland, they brought, they fired uh, everybody, brought, uh, brought Grant and Sherman, the entire staff of the West, to east of the White House. And they said, we're going to go to Richmond if it takes however long it takes. The casualty rates, the Overland campaign, but by the, by the midsummer of 1864, You've had more bloodshed than ever. I mean, these campaigns are just wars of attrition, complete, just hit the South, hit the South. They're backing up to Richmond. But the casualty rates now, people like Seward and others are going, you know, this thing is, people associate this with Gaza or Hamas. This is, this is out of control. The blood here is, is just too much. And it's not going to stop because the Confederacy doesn't look like they're ever going to surrender. I mean, is the, the tragedy of the nation is actually getting deeper and deeper and drenched in blood. Well, and Grant was uh, highly opposed to these kinds of campaigns. He had agreed his own soldiers basically convinced him to launch a, an attack at Vicksburg, which he didn't want to do. He just wanted to starve him out. But his own soldiers lobbied him so hard, he went against his own better judgment and launched one large-scale attack. And then his own soldiers said, you know, this digging, digging isn't quite so bad as we thought. Let's keep digging for a while. So when he comes east, he really doesn't want to have to engage in a lot of these frontal attacks. And he keeps moving around to Lee's uh, right, moving around to his right, moving around to his right. But, but Lee kept blocking him off. And once or twice, Grant thinks maybe we have a chance, as all of the generals on the Western Front thought in World War I, maybe we have a chance for a breakthrough to end this once and for all. And of course, you end up with these horrific casualties at Cold Harbor and the Battle of the Crater. And, and Grant finally says, no, we're not going to end this by head-on attacks. We've got to keep moving around until Lee stretched so thin he can't fight. But the key to all that is... That's a long process. And the politicians in Washington were getting extremely concerned that the war was never going to end, that we weren't going to be able that Lee would escape again to the West and they, this would go on for years and years. So Lincoln was resigned to the fact, as you mentioned earlier, 
that he wasn't even going to be the Republican nominee that that year. He said, I've just got to go a different route. He fires Hamlin. He brings in a Democrat um, who was not like some moderate Democrat. Andrew Johnson was a pretty radical, hardline Democrat, but he was still in the union, one of the few Democrat senators who didn't leave. And Lincoln's opponent, as you mentioned, was a, a very successful general, which up before Gettysburg had given us our only major victory in the East, uh, McClellan, the Napoleon of the West. And uh, so Lincoln is pretty resigned by October, despite the, the Atlanta falling, that uh, he's probably not going to win re-election. Now, your, your viewers need to understand Lincoln is not the most optimistic of guys many times because he personally was a chronic depressive. Uh, historians don't know yet medically how to term him, but he was he was such a depressive that when his first love, Ann Rutledge, left him high and dry, he literally vanished for almost a month. Nobody could find him, and and they thought he killed himself. And he made several allusions to the fact, "Don't leave me alone with a penknife; I might kill myself." So you can imagine his mental state in October of 1864 when the Confederates still haven't surrendered. Uh, I don't think news of Mobile Bay had come through yet, and Sheridan was coming through the Shenandoah. I don't know if he'd reported back in yet that he'd, he'd finished off the Shenandoah Valley. It was those three things, though, Atlanta, Mobile, Shenandoah Valley, that basically ensured the war couldn't go on much longer. But yeah, Lincoln was prepared to say, we've lost. Was it his depressed nature? Was the nature of the the overwhelming nature of the conflict, which you already said, seeing the horrors of Gettysburg when he went up there to give the address, when he saw the horrors of Gettysburg, made him a Christian. Was it the right. and also the uh, in, incredible uh, sacrifice of the spring and early summer of eighteen sixty four and the Overland campaign to Richmond at Spotsylvania, the wilderness, Cold Harbor. Remember Cold Harbor, where they didn't even let the New York Times and people report the casualties. They thought the they thought the country would overthrow Lincoln if they did. It was so horrific. I think seventeen thousand men in like twenty minutes or some. Is it that which forced him? Is that what said we got to give thanks to God here? We have to reach out to 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 God to make sure that we're right with Him, and the nation has to show uh, its its thanks or open up its heart to God. I, I think what happened was after Gettysburg, Lincoln's view that both sides are praying to God, both sides want God's support, we need to be on God's side. And I think Gettysburg was the first time that Lincoln finally thought, God's on our side. God's on our side, then he's real. If God's real, then his word's real. And if his word's real, Jesus is real, and I need to take action. I think that, you can't prove it, but I think that's the thought process um, he went through. You know, you mentioned Cold Harbor. The soldiers were pinning their uh, names and addresses to their uniforms so their bodies could be shipped back yeah. to the right place. That's how, how, uh, but let's, let's take a commercial focus. break. Uh, the last, the last wave, Cold Harbor in June of 1864 was so bad. The last wave, when they got the officers got to the top of the trenches, the enlisted men said, We're not going to do this. This is a slaughter pen. That's the tragedy of the Civil War. We're going to take a short break. 
the connection between our greatest conflict and giving thanks to God next in the world. This year when I count my blessings, I'm thanking the Lord he made you. Okay, Environ Cleanse never does this. They just announced a massive Black Friday discount. Now, let me tell you why this is important. Enviro Cleanse is predicting another triple demic this year, and the best way to fight a cold or flu is not to get it. That's why I got Enviro Cleanse for the war room, the new science in home air purification. The reason is that they are uh, approved by the Pentagon. They're approved by the Department of Defense for Navy combatants. When I was a young ensign and an auxiliary engineer, the uh, air purification came under my auspices, and I can tell you that this is the product that you want because it qualifies to be used on a Navy combatant. EnviroCleanse, the military-grade technology, wipes out bacteria, toxins, and mold that can make you sick. That's why the Navy chose it, to protect the air on board our Navy ships. Get EnviroCleanse for your home. It's available now for your home with that technology. And do it before a virus takes your whole family down. Right now, you can save 35% during their Black Friday sale. Plus, get fast, free shipping. Visit ekpure.com. That's ek for EnviroCleanse, ekpure.com, and use promo code STEVE35 for 35% off. That's ekpure.com, code STEVE35 for the 35% discount. They've never done this before, so take advantage of it. ekpure.com, action, action, action. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Make sure that you um, get a chance over this holiday weekend. You got four days. Um, Birchgold.com slash Bannon. Get the end of the dollar empire. That's something that should be um, holiday reading to understand currency and how currency affects your life and how the gold standard and what was the gold standard is a, um, a central part of understanding. I'm not arguing we should go back to a gold standard, although um, – the, the BRICS nations are cer- certainly thinking that. They're, they're buying gold at record rates, but that's what we've got to ask the Birch Gold guys about. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. you got Philip Patrick and the team. Check it out over the holiday weekend. La- Larry, why was this you'd had, and we're going to go in the second hour and go back to the, to the pilgrims and to the, the original, uh, the first Thanksgiving. What happened after Lincoln's proclamation? How did this become this uh, cultural event that we have today that I do think people have lost the, the sense of it's family, it's getting together, it's great food, football, other festivities, but maybe thanks to God is not, uh, is not something that's deeply embedded in people now. The immediate aftermath was that all the news began to come in, that Mobile had fallen to uh, David Farragut, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead, that stuff that uh, the Shenandoah Valley had been ravaged by Sheridan, so Lee could no longer draw food from that. And of course, that the Atlanta had fallen a little bit earlier. And the combined message of those three um, events led to Lincoln's reelection. 
in fact, McClellan gave up the last month of the campaign and actually began to campaign for Lincoln and unity, which you don't see that too much anymore. So I think the fact that that the proclamation was followed um, by a, a period of victory and a period of unity, as rough as it was through Reconstruction, led people to say, well, maybe this is something we ought to do. Maybe we ought to give thanks more, more often on a regular national basis. And of course, well up until the 1980s, it was quite common for presidents to announce a day of prayer. Even I think Bush announced a day of prayer during the um, uh, war in Afghanistan before kicking that off. So um, this became quite a cultural thing that we, we have a day, uh, and of course, uh, epitomized in that great painting uh, by Rockwell, um, and, uh, and then cemented with football games. The NFL was bright enough to play two football games on Thanksgiving Day, which kind of became a cultural uh, joining together. So obviously our culture has been torn apart. And the number of nuns, N-O-N-E-S, not N-U-N-S, nuns who don't have any religion at all has grown from about 16% uh, in 2000 to about 26, 27% today. And you're seeing a lot less of religious observance, religious connection of Thanksgiving to what we celebrate that day and just more of the old football turkey. And by the way, I have kind of a personal philosophy. They're even trying to get rid of Thanksgiving by introducing the early Christmas sales and by playing up Halloween uh, and, and trying to almost do away with Thanksgiving altogether. But they're not having much success with that. But well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to stick on this for a second. Do you think because of the concept of the Day of Thanks, because Halloween has now become very different than when I was a child. It's almost it's almost so dark and satanic and demonic. And then Christmas starts right after that. Do you think that the that the uh, that the 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 merchants and the commercial interest really are trying to step over Thanksgiving because it's not particularly a a time to, to consume uh, it was rather these big feasts, et cetera. But it's really I mean, we just got off this thing a couple of years ago where the folks at Walmart and others had to go back, had to be at work at like five o'clock in the afternoon because they were starting the the uh, Black Friday sales uh, early. Is Do you think there was something behind that? I, I do. I mean, we we know that several years ago, maybe about 10 years ago, there was a big emphasis on the war on Christmas. Uh, I think some of the guys at Fox even picked that up and had great success with it. And I think that has kind of been beaten back a little bit. I, I think they, uh, the forces of secularism, uh, the Soros-type people, didn't have the success they wanted with their attack on Christmas. Uh, that There has been, as you mentioned, a more of a, a serious, uh, dark, demonic side uh, of Halloween uh, developing these days, which um, I think a lot of Christian parents are starting to say, you know, we really don't want to even celebrate Halloween anymore. And, and it's gotten so dangerous uh, that, that you, you have uh, trunk or treat at many uh, churches where kids don't even, we had nobody come through our neighborhood at Halloween, nobody. So um, 
we'll see how that plays out. But I do think there was at one time an, an attempt to try to uh, de-emphasize Thanksgiving and to go straight from Halloween to Christmas. What um, in a time of Lincoln, it was in the, the darkest days of the Civil War where they were looking for um, not just guidance, but like you said, they wanted to make sure that they were on they were on God's side. Um, what lessons can we learn about that for today when we're clearly at the very beginning stages of something that could be quite dark and, and quite ugly and going for a long time? What, what, what lessons, what lessons from the American experience in this uh, of our leaders reaching out to God? Can we learn well, not just for the civic religion or the civic optics, but a real reaching out to God? Well, I think it was Davy Crockett who said, make sure you're right, then go ahead. And that's really what Lincoln did at the beginning of the war. He said, well, we think we're right. We think we're on the side of justice. We think we're on God's side, but we need to make sure we're on God's side, not that we try to get him on our side. And so by the end of this, um, 1864, we're, we're starting to see Lincoln says, okay, I, I, think we're on, I think we're on God's side, and I think he's on our side now based on the justness of our cause. And so uh, it is absolutely essential that the nation understand that we need to be on God's side and, and not try to undertake things that he isn't fully behind or supporting, and uh, that sometimes um, our national leaders are going to make mistakes and do things that are not on God's side, and, and you can't expect divine support for programs like abortion that are just going to end up killing babies or strange things like that, you know. So um, it, it was both a promise and a hope, a promise that um, if, if you do the right thing, uh, you can expect God in most cases to, to help you. And if you're not doing the right thing, uh, don't expect him to be there and bail you out. Uh, in in writing the Patriots' history and, and looking at this and discussing the uh, the proclamation of the first official Thanksgiving here, do you believe in the research you've done? You've spent your your life is as a historian. Do you believe that the story of this nation shows the unfolding of God's plan? Oh man, that's a low hanging softball. <laughs> okay. Of course I do. I mean, we, we wrote the four pillars of American exceptionalism, and the very first pillar is the United States was a Christian, mostly Protestant, religious tradition. And the reason that was so important was because of the structure of bottom-up church governance. But clearly, and I know people have various motives. I'm not saying everybody came over here just for God or to Christianize the Indians, but that was a major motive in the whole reason Columbus sails the ocean blue to uh, to look for new lands. The whole reason the Puritans come over, one of the main reasons was to practice their religion freely. Of course, they had uh, aliens who came along with them, strangers uh, who may have had other purposes, but they all agreed in the Mayflower Compact to conduct themselves along certain lines, uh, and they all uh, basically uh, ascribe their work as that to God. 
So, uh, yes, I believe the United States, you know, I've heard it said that that um, uh, God loves Israel because he chose Israel. God loves America because we chose God. Uh, we're the only nation in the world to, to choose God freely from our origin, from our very beginning. And, and I think that says a lot. Uh, what are the uh, walk me through the other pillars? I got a couple of minutes here. I want to make sure because in your book and in your writings, you 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 I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you believe the United States is the new Jerusalem, correct? And and so, what are the four pillars? What are the things that are so special that make this an exceptional nation? Not just in and of itself in world history, but in the eyes of God. Well, the first pillar is we're Christian, mostly Protestant religious tradition. Second pillar is very close to that, and it is we have a structure of common law. And the reason that's so critical is that um, we have a bottom-up legal and justice system, political system. Every other system in the history of the world was top-down at that time. And, and so right from the first two pillars, no other nation in human history has had a bottom-up religion and a bottom-up political structure from their inception. Most of them don't have it today. Pillar number three, very important, was private property with uh, written titles and deeds. And, and I want to go back to um, this, this new research that's come out. We'll talk about in the next hour about Squanto, but there, there's new research on on the Indians, and, and this historian is trying to make the case, well, they had an oral tradition, and and it was it was just a difference in traditions. Well, it was a difference in traditions, but having a written title indeed made all the difference in the world, because without that, it's might makes right. It's whoever's word is backed by the most guns. And what made us different was that in theory, not always in practice, but in theory, you could go to an objective third party, a judge, and say, this is my land, I have a deed to it. And, and the judge would look at the deed, and if he's honest, say, yes, you have the deed, the other guy does not. And then the fourth pillar was a free market economy, which the people in Plymouth had from 1630 on by establishing a mill to, grain their, to grind their corn, uh, which... Uh, basically required division of labor and a monetary or trade exchange all the time. So no other nation has those four pillars. Nobody in history has had the first two from their birth. As we um, we're going to take a short break now, as we come back, I'm going to ask uh, Larry that do we still have those four pillars as we go to thank God today uh, for this nation and for how this nation has been blessed. Uh, are we still a Christian nation? Do we really have uh, what English common law or the rule of law? Do property rights really mean anything? And do we live in a free market economy or is this driven by oligarchs in the administrative state? Those questions for Larry Swikert after a short commercial break. For blessings we've known through the years to join hands and thank the Creator. Now when Thanksgiving is due, and this year when I count my blessings, I 
I'm thanking the Lord He made you. This year when I count my... Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day. I wouldn't want to live without it. This is nutrition the way nature intended. I get way more energy. My skin looks better. It helps with my digestion. I just feel better and healthier overall. That's how I knew Field of Greens was working for me. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. And with flu season here, I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy, not some vaccine. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. I got you 15% off your first order and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Do it today. Okay, welcome back. Uh, make sure you check out birchgold.com slash Bannon sometime over the weekend. Um, and uh, make sure you're fully up to speed on everything related to precious metals in your own personal life. She, President Xi of China, the CCP, uh, make sure it's in their personal life. They're buying it at record rates. Make sure you understand why by uh, asking Philip Patrick and the team. Also, HomeTitleLock.com, one of our sponsors Let's take this Thanksgiving weekend. Let's check the box on a couple of worries. You don't need more worry because you're manning the ramparts every day of the week. Uh, taking a short break on Thanksgiving Day to give thanks to God and also to enjoy your family and friends. HomeTitleLock.com. Go check it out today. So, Swikert, you 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 wrote the seminal work of really. And, and for homeschoolers, the families and homeschooling is on fire in the country. One of the reasons homeschooling is on fire is that their material, their courses, the resources out there where your children will become better educated than in the propaganda mills of the public schools. And that, that's a tragedy because everybody, obviously, the circumstances don't allow everybody to homeschool. But one of the reasons is books like the Patriots History of the United States that many public schools refused to, to, to address became a staple of the homeschool uh, you know, the homeschool movement. Uh, brother, you just said, hey, nuns, which means no, no no religious affiliation at all. In fact, no real belief is at a quarter of the American people. So your four pillars in the Patriots history that made this an exceptional nation were a Christian nation, basically with the Protestant, uh, underpinned by the Protestant faith and the Protestant work ethic, uh, English common law, Right. The rule of law, property mm -hmm. rights uh, and free market uh, capitalism, which I think today you would admit is a joke. Uh, do we have the four pillars today as we give thanks to God? Have we thrown those away? And should we be asking God to uh, assist us in, in, first of all, getting those back? Yeah, they're definitely under assault. Um, I, I think that we are on the cusp of no longer being a mostly Christian nation. Uh, your your viewers should probably know of a guy named Ryan Berg, B-U-R-G-E, who does an, an exceptional um, substack, uh, regular column. He has great research on faith, on religion in America, and he is one of the ones who tracks these nuns and who they are and how they vote. 
uh, it's pretty interesting that older Republicans have not abandoned evangelicalism much in about the last 30 or 40 years. But where you see uh, the line just going down to the bottom is with older Democrats who've been basically abandoning uh, their religion. Um, of course, the free market is under assault now uh, with, with giant corporations, especially the tech sector. Um, and uh, this is one of the reasons why they're, they're so hostile to Trump, as he is one of the few arguing to bring back the, the blue-collar, American-made work sector. Uh, private property is under assault, although I do think that Trump's court has done a great deal to uh, try to buttress uh, private property in a lot, not all cases, but in, in a lot of cases. And um, they have engaged in about three or four major decisions uh, that I, I cover in uh, Dragon Slayers um, against the deep state uh, and its attack on the free market economy. It's uh, you know West Virginia versus the EPA and the uh, Jarkizi case that's going forward now is in the Fifth Circuit, decided correctly, is now going up to the Supreme Court, where I, I think it will also decide correctly. But, uh, but, we're but should today, should, should, hang on, should, should today people be giving thanks, or they should, should they be begging forgiveness? <laughs> Both. <laughs> you, you always begin, I mean, Jesus said you be, begin by giving thanks, but we're, we're going to need divine help to get through this, because... We're on the precipice in, in so many ways. Our military, um, our, uh, the very structure of government is so corrupt and rotten to the core that I don't think it'll be enough just to bring back Trump. You're going to have to bring back President Trump with, as the Bible would say, 50 mighty men, each one of them <laughs> capable of slaying a thousand Democrats with the jawbone of a, uh, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell or something like that. So, um, there's so much work to be done in so many levels, and this depresses people. We got to admit that that this uh, uh, accelerates the lack of faith because people say it's hopeless. I don't see what we can do. They'll just cheat again, um, even if they were to do that. That doesn't excuse you from going out and voting and doing everything you can uh, to stop it. There, there's that great line in Lord of the Rings where Gandalf is looking at the at the Hobbit, and the Hobbit's going, "We can't beat all these orcs. That we're gonna we're gonna die. We're gonna lose." And Gandalf says, "Yes, that's probably true. And these are exactly the kinds of battles that need to be fought." So yes, uh, Thanksgiving. Yes, we need to be asking God's support in this mission because it's going to be a long one. Okay, Larry Swick is with us. We're going to take a uh, a short. Uh... A short commercial break uh, at the top, always about 90 seconds. We're going to go out with uh, with the great Johnny Cash on his song on Thanksgiving, which we play uh, every year. Um, we have obviously a lot to give thanks for. And as you know, here in the War Room, uh, this is the fight club of the MAGA movement, the fights that matter. And we've got a lot of them. <laughs> we've won some. We've drawn on a couple and maybe we've got two or three losses, but that's OK. You're going to have losses. Uh, everybody's got them. You just got to keep fighting. Today is the day to think about the exceptionalism of this country. We give thanks because uh, you are blessed to be in this time and place in a country like this and called upon to save it. Your place in history is uh, reserved for you in this fight. 
short commercial break. Johnny Cash will take us out. Uh, Dr. Larry Swiker will join us on the other side. This year when I count my blessings, I'm thanking the Lord he made you. I'm grateful for the laughter of children, the sun and the wind and the rain, the color of blue in your sweet eyes, the sight of a highball and train. The moon rise over a prairie And old love that you've made new And this year when I count my blessings I'm thanking the Lord he made you and This year when I count my blessings I'm thanking the Lord he made you Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 